When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody has listened to Devin Booker. They have left his city. The Super Bowl is over, (laughs) and now it is time to focus on the Phoenix Suns solely. Welcome into the PHNX Suns show. I'm your host, Aspo, with Gerald and Saul. We are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. And gentlemen, how was your weekend? Oh, decompressing. <laughs> it was kind of a crazy week last week. <laughs> it's did. nice that we gave you the week off. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't think I've ever uh I, I've it's just so many things that were going on. It was is very much a, a sensory overload all last <laughs> it week. Was. Um mm-hmm. just <laughs> from and even when I thought, okay, I can finally go to sleep, fucking KD gets traded and I miss it all. And so it was just like it was just a lot. And I'm glad that we're back to some semblance of normalcy. Although today I still not I'm still not used to it. We <laughs> joke you were you were off, but now you were working the Super Bowl. Uh, Lindsay is off today. She is uh, not feeling well, so that's why I'm in her seat. Gerald, how was your weekend? It was good. It was nice to decompress a little bit. We've been uh, grinding away and got a lot to write about and a lot to talk about, so that's exciting and a lot of fun because um, normally around this time of year, it, you get something juicy, not a Kevin durant size <laughs> morsel, though. So uh, this has been really insane, and, and it's been a blast so far. Yeah, that was more like a five-course meal. Yeah. We got the appetizer and Matt Ishbia being announced. Then we got <laughs> yeah. the five-course meal, and then dessert came yeah. in the form of Terrence Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woj dropped that bomb over the weekend that buy, the buyout market had begun. Terrence Ross was bought out by the Orlando Magic, winds up here in Phoenix, and the closer, as I'm starting to call him, Matt Ishbia, played a big role in this as he and Monty Williams apparently uh, called up Terrence Ross and talked him into coming to Phoenix when Dallas really seemed like where he was originally going to yeah, go. Yeah, and, and I actually got inside, um, uh, you know, knowledge on how those discussions were. He said, basically, it started off with, listen, man, Luca's a hoe. Lovely. And then they moved on. And <laughs> that was all they had to say, Kevin really. Durant ain't. Yeah. And I mean, that's gone. it. You want to win a championship? Come here. This is your best shot at it. Saucy sources. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, It was not PG. Can we, can we just be honest and say what a breath of fresh air having Matt Ishbia sitting in that owner seat is? He supposedly was the one that got the Kevin Durant deal over the, <laughs> over the finish line. I mean, he was the one... That was on the phone with the with Nets owner Joe Sy to close everything out. He's on this call with Terrence Ross after it sounds like Terrence Ross is going to go to Dallas. What a big impact he's had. Yeah, I think I think there's two things that that I I, I am actually thinking about more um, more so is number one. I, I think I think we got to be careful about giving Matt Ishbia all of the credit. 
um, when the legwork was was basically done on James Jones' part up to a certain point, and then and then maybe he's just he listen, Matt Matt Ishbia is he's very good at his job. He's very good in the mortgage industry in terms of closing deals and getting things done. And there's a certain uh, amount of finesse that you have to have in order to do that. And so I think with that expertise, I do think that, yeah, Ishbia has definitely helped him, but I don't think that it's, it's 100%, uh, you know, all the credit is to Matt Ishbia because from what we're hearing, a, a large portion of the KD deal was exactly the same as it was in the summer. Yeah, it's, it's just the Nets weren't ready to pull the no, trigger. No, it wasn't the Nets. It was the Suns who were unwilling to include Mikhail Bridges, and Ishbia came in and said, "We will include Matt yeah, and Mikhail but, but Bridges." Yeah, but you also have to understand, like Sarver wasn't going to make that deal no matter what. So I, oh. that in that regard, what do you mean? No, it, it sound- didn't happen. No, it didn't. It sounded like James Jones was the one that didn't want to include Mikhail Bridges. Not that Sarver put the end to it over the summer. So you think that if let me just say like this, if if Ishbia is the the owner on Friday instead of Wednesday, you think this deal gets done? No. And even if even if the thing was still the same way, you think Sarver would have approved it? Yes. You really do? I do. Oh, I, don't. I don't. So based on the report that we read from, I think it was Brian Windhorst and Ramona Shelburne, mm. which was a really good article on the whole trade. Uh, negotiations, it did seem like Ishpia was the one that kind of came in and pushed um, James Jones. But the pushing at the very end was because the Nets wanted Jay Crowder as part of the trade and the Suns wanted to hold on to Crowder to use in a separate trade. That, yeah, um, that was the they final had already of it. Right. They had already convinced Jones and Ishpia, like, okay, yes, we'll include Cam. Yes, we'll include the four first-rounders. Yes, we'll include Mikhail. Even though last summer we didn't want to. Um, so I think it was a happy marriage on both parts in this scenario. I think Ishbia coming in and being aggressive with no attachment to the roster, like we've pointed out is what helped get it across the finish line. But I think Jones obviously laid the groundwork there. Um, And I I do think that there was something to the fact that in that line, when they were talking about, you know, they had to present him with all these trade scenarios and the one that they presented in the binder, they were a little nervous because it was going to come with a 40 million luxury tax payment. They passed it to him, and he said in a matter of seconds, yeah, that's fine. Look, I, I understand. <laughs> I, I Wait, understand. Holy shit, 40 million. million. It's yeah. fine. I understand James Jones being gun-shy because Robert Sarver was so cheap. I get that, and I yeah. and I think Matt Ishpia makes that a lot easier right. in it. And James Jones does deserve credit for getting the framework done. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve any credit, but I don't want to act as if James Jones would have done this, but he. it, it sounds like Matt no, Ishpia... No, no, no pushed him I, to get her over the finish. I, to be line. clear, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. What I am saying is is that like Ishbia wasn't the only thing to get this thing done. And like there was groundwork uh well ahead of that before yeah. Ishbia was even uh, a thought in anybody's head that James Jones was doing uh and did laid that groundwork until we got to a certain point and the wall couldn't get jumped over. And so Ishbia came in and he busted that wall down, was like, let's go like the fucking Kool-Aid man. So I'm cool with that part. Um, and then the other side of this is like, listen, man, we we got an owner that right off the bat is showing everybody, hey, he 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 wants to win. Uh, it's easier to say it than it is to do it. Mm-hmm. And he's he's done both uh, here in the early going. We still got a long way to go to see how this all plays out. But man, we got Kevin Durant and I'm very, very excited about the future. And honestly, like when the trade went down, I was a little nervous about like the bench and stuff like that. And now 
you know, you get a guy like Terrence Ross in the fold and some of the other pieces that you kind of forgot about in this trade, like uh, T.J. Warren, and you're like, oh, hey, we're, we're actually okay. So James Jones came out and said, it's going to cost an extra $40 million. and Matt Ishbia busted through the wall and went, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get into Terrence Ross, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerald, what do you think about him being on this roster? How does he help, and and where do you see him fitting in? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not officially on the roster yet. Where he still has to clear waivers, so it'll probably be like Wednesday that we get word on that officially. Um, but all signs point to him being here, and I think he's a very good movement shooter who's going to help on that front because obviously when you lose guys that can knock down threes like Mikhail and Cam, especially Cam, who's a guy that just runs all over the court to the three-point line, is very sneaky about finding his spots, Ross can help you a little bit with that. I don't know if he's the fifth starter necessarily because he is a little bit older now. I think he's 32 and the defense isn't what it once was. Um, But he is a guy that can come in off the bench and space the floor. And if you are playing him in a group that includes any of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton and Kevin Durant, he's the guy that's going to get neglected. And he's the guy that's going to have a field day as a wide open three point shooter. (laughs) Um, you know, he's shooting 38% from three so far this season, 39.5% on catch and shoot looks, and 45% from the corners. So stick him in a corner, he's gonna make you pay for it, especially with the other guys that they have. And that's exactly what you want in a bench piece, especially when you need a little bit more wing depth after the trade. You got a little bit of versatility too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you add TJ Warren into that mix, TJ's a scorer. He's not necessarily a, like a, a phenomenal shooter, but he's a scorer. He knows how to put the ball in the bucket. Then you add Ross, who is a shooter and, and a scorer, um, and all of a sudden you have a little bit of versatility in that in that second unit lineup that can get you some points. Um, and again, we, we always talked about on these Kevin Durant teams, especially when he was at the Nets, um, when he would go to the bench, you needed somebody in that lineup that wasn't going to lose too much ground before KD could come back. Well, with this team, um, you have so many pieces, not only on the bench, but also in that starting lineup that can play a little bit of, of extra time. Uh, as long as you got one or two of those dudes on the court at all times, I mean, you're already significantly better than you were before. And that's what, that's what the beauty of this KD trade is going to give them. Uh, Ross seems like the kind of guy that, if he gets hot, Monty might ride. Though he may not start a game, but he could very well finish. Well, careful, Espo. We know what we know what Monty's oh, all well, about. I know that he's Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh, four, 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 Mr. four threes in a row. <laughs> Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> but no, but he's, for that shit. he's shown a propensity <laughs> when a guy is playing well to close out a game. You mean like Devin him. Booker? Like, no, I mean he's gone with. He, he's ridden some bench guys in in with those guys. At times, so I could see Terrence Ross finishing some games where maybe he wouldn't start, but TJ Warren starts or Tory Craig starts, but Terrence Ross is is hitting from deep and you finish a game. I could see that um, only because Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant and he's Mm -hmm. 6'11 and he could play the four um, easily like in that regard. And even book book could even play the three a little bit if he needed to, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, so just to. And that, that again, we're talking about versatility. The only guy out there that really can't play one through five is DA and CP. Um, all three of those other guys can really go anywhere. So it, it, that's the beauty of Terrence Ross in this lineup is that he does provide you that versatility where he's not pigeonholed into one specific position. He can, he's got the flexibility to interchange with any one of those guys, and they can run different actions for all of them. That's just phenomenal. Yeah. Is is he the biggest name, or was was Reggie Jackson 
the biggest name in this? Or is it just kind of depends on what you needed in the buyout? I'll let you go first on that one. I don't know. I mean, I think Reggie Jackson would have been a nice pick just because we don't, like we're still waiting for campaign to come back and we got injury updates on him in practice today. Um, but we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back after the all-star break at some point. So it would have been nice to have a little bit of insurance there. He hasn't had the best season with the Clippers. His shot selection has been kind of questionable and so has his defensive energy. Um, just talking to a couple of Clippers beat reporters. Um, and it seems like kind of a lesser role has played a part in that, but he would have helped with the ball handling thing, especially because Saban Lee right now is your third guard. He's your backup point guard right now. And he only has a limited amount of games left on that two-way contract. So um, it would have been helpful, but I do think Terrence Ross is not a bad pickup um, for that reason. I, I think he can definitely help you. And the thing that stands out to me looking at his numbers, like he's shooting really well from three, like I brought up, but his openness rating on the B-ball index, which kind of, just tells you how open a player is. He's in the second percentile on that, which is abysmal. All of his shots are covered, and he's still shooting that well. Like yeah, that's really going to be the problem that's here. Going to flip no. real quick. <laughs> like he's going to be in the ninety-eight. There's only going to be two percent better than him. You said the two percentile. Penis. I was like, that's good. no, that's bad. No, yeah, that's bad. really bad. <laughs> but Magic, we're not giving him very nice looks. He'll he'll benefit from that here, I think. And that's kind of my takeaway is that yeah, Reggie Jackson, I think for this team would have been a little bit of a better fit just because of the ball handling. Mm-hmm. Um, him, his ability to be able to play point if he really needed to. Um, and and he's got some bounce to him. He's got some wiggle to him that um, he can create his own shot from time to time, which is nice. But mm-hmm. Ross is definitely not far off of that. And so it's not like you lost too much getting Ross versus Reggie Jackson. And I actually thought once Reggie Jackson was signed, I actually completely forgot about Ross. And I was like, damn, who are they going to go get? And then, boom, we got Terrence Ross. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, him. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, let's – you bring up ball handling, uh, and there's some things that the Suns still need to desi- decide. There's one roster spot left. There are some ball handlers still available in the buyout market in, and I know a lot of people are going to cringe. <laughs> Here we go. But Russell Westbrook. Let Russ cook. Uh, John Wall. <laughs> there are a few guys, but what you have to decide is, as you reported earlier, Gerald, Ish Wainwright only has two games left to be on the active roster, which will likely come Tuesday and Thursday before <laughs> the All-Star break. Saban Lee is running out of uh, of days as well. Do you convert an Ish Wainwright or Saban Lee, or do you go after a Russ, a John Wall, anybody else that's out on that buyout market? Where would you go? Me first? Yeah. Um, man, you know, honestly, I don't really know. I love Saban and, and Ish, mm-hmm. um, and they could they couldn't convert them both, right? Or is it just one or the other? It's one or the other. Oh man! So unless you cut somebody else, but I don't see that happening. That, right. That's you're in a very very tough position. Um, I don't know if anybody out there like Westbrook is. Man, he's a different cat, man. I, I want to believe that he would be able to provide what the Suns would need, but. I just feel like his his play doesn't necessarily mesh well with this with this team and how Monty likes to 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 run this team and and really the the actions that they run on offense and how really detailed they really are. Like they, there's a lot of levels layers to each set that they run that I I just feel like Westbrook's ability to kind of freestyle 
is a little too much for me. So I don't, he would be the one name out there that I would be like, okay, maybe I would be interested in. I, I think I'd, I would more opt to convert Ish Wainwright um, than I would anything else. Yeah, I looking at the buyout market, it's tough because your point guard options are Wall, Westbrook, like Patrick Beverly. It's not, there's, there's a reason against each one of those guys. Um, Westbrook is a little too turnover heavy and the defense is bad. Um, for my taste, I understand if you need absolutely need a ball handler because you're not sure about pain, then I would get it. But um, it would definitely come with its pitfalls for sure. I it sucks because Wainwright has done everything that you could ask of a guy in that position. Like when they signed him to a two way contract again this year after converting his two way last year, I was like, man, they got a bargain for a two way contract guy like he should have been a full roster guy either here or somewhere else. Um, and he's done great over the last few games as well to kind of stake his claim to that spot. But just in terms of positional need, I don't know if you can yeah. get away with Wainwright, especially when you just added another wing on the buyout market and you're still reportedly looking to be aggressive um, for buyout guys. I would say if 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 they do get a guy like Russ or, or Wall uh, or even Pat Bev, um, I would say that that's probably more a concern that campaign his injury might be more serious than we than we know, um, and the precaution of you know losing him or I mean let's be real in the playoffs, Chris Paul mm -hmm. uh, like we have to think about that because listen there is two for two in in getting injured in playoffs in the last two years so I I think I think you would be more you know you'd be pushing more for for a replacement in that in that area. Yeah, for me, I think you almost have to sign a point guard, whether it's making Saban Lee your 15th guy, adding a Russ. I think John Wall is, is past usefulness overall. Yeah. Like, I, I hate to say that about a guy, but I just feel like that's where we're at. What, what are John, John Wall's Wall. numbers like this year? I mean, I don't even know. But He's averaging double digits, but it hasn't been pretty or efficient. Um yeah, he's, I mean, he's been okay. He's averaging 11 points, five assists, uh, shooting 41% and 30% from three. So not, and, not great, not uh, terrible. And the Clippers wouldn't have let him go if they thought he could be valuable because they let Reggie Jackson go as well. They needed a guy, mm -hmm. and they went out and got Bones Highland. Mm -hmm. Like, if you had any belief in John Wall, you're yeah. not you're not giving him up to go get Bones Highland, who's a question mark. You don't know. He's a young guy right? And with no playoff experience. So to me, John Wall's out. So then you're talking Russ, you're talking Saban Lee. And I like Saban Lee, but do I trust him in the playoffs? I don't know. It's a different like, animal in the like playoffs. Russ has at least been there. Russ has played at the highest level. If I need a break glass in case of emergency guy, I feel like Russ is the guy that at least – I, I know he's been there. Now, my big caveat is, what does Durant think about him? He's claimed the two of them have put their stuff from the past in the past. If he's okay with it and he gives the sign-off, I consider that serious. Well, I mean, man, I'll tell you what, though. This is the other thing that, I, that I, I have thought about with Russell Westbrook is if you get Russell Westbrook, you were talking about Russell Westbrook, um, and I, I still, to a large degree, feel like KD feels this way, too. Like, I know he won two championships with the Warriors. But this is KD's time to really show the rest of the NBA that, uh, that he can earn it. 
you know, for lack of a better word, right? Like the Suns have never won a championship. To bring a championship to Phoenix and and everything that they've been through, all the 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 drama in the past and all the you know, bad calls and fucked up things that have happened to this organization to be able to bring a championship to Phoenix would be the pinnacle, in my opinion, of his career. Mm -hmm. um, Russell Westbrook has never won a championship. Chris Paul, mm -hmm. Devin Booker, like you talk about a team that has a mentality and, a, and would be on a mission. Um, you add Westbrook to that mix, knowing that this is probably as close as he's ever going to get again to winning a championship. Mm -hmm. I just feel like you might get a different Russ. Well, and so... I, I could see why that would be the better choice. I mean, it's got to be humbling too because he's been bought out now. Like the 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 Lakers were like, you are at the point that you're so bad. We just in our minds as a starter, we're gonna bench you, and then we're gonna try to find a way to jettison you forty four million. But he wouldn't be coming in as the starter or even the backup. He'd be the guy that's there in case of emergency. If he's willing to accept that, maybe I'm more comfortable with it. It's a I big if, but. It to is. your KD point, though, I still think Devin Booker's driving the bus here. I don't think this is, like Barkley said, this isn't KD driving the bus to a championship. This is Devin Booker's bus that you got on, and you happen to be in the front row, but this is still Devin Booker's bus. I mean, it's it's his. he's still the franchise poster child, but in terms of who's driving, like Kevin Durant is the best player on the team now. Thank you. Like, I, I think it'll take some time before we see that fully because he's learning all new plays. He's learning new teammates. They got a bunch of other guys they got to integrate as well. Um, but, I mean, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. KD didn't take a backseat to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. He's not taking a backseat to Devin Booker. But in people's minds, he did. That was not Those were not his championships. He went and joined somebody else. Right, I think but, he's doing the same here. Yeah, but, but, but it's not the same as joining the – basic core of like a 73 win team versus joining i mean the suns no. did win 64 last year but like it's still they still jettisoned part of the two major parts of what helped them win but this. also like the warriors literally won a championship without kd before kd got there so and he after. joined a championship winning team and after you know what i mean so mm -hmm. so and i mean we can't really speak to the after because it's you know he has no control over that part but he right. knew he was joining a championship team the suns got Got within two games and couldn't do it. So Sun's him joining got, is a little bit different. The Suns got closer than KD has by himself. Uh, it, I, that I doesn't mean, matter then, to people. Did you win it, it or failed, not? Then he failed it in his own spot in in Brooklyn. I still feel like people are going to look like he joined Devin Booker's Booker's group to yeah, help them get I don't over think the that I, don't, at all. I don't care about those people to be honest, because yeah. like at this point, the man balled his ass. He was the Finals MVP in both of those championships mm -hmm. that the Warriors won. He made them unbeatable, literally unbeatable until he got hurt in 2018. Otherwise, they probably would have three-peated. He was I don't, and I like don't think it's I, fair that he takes that criticism. What right. I'm clear? not saying you do, but I'm just saying, like, I don't want to I don't even waste time thinking about those people because he's already proved himself as a top 10, 15 greatest NBA player of all time. If he comes here and wins a title in his first half season in Phoenix. Like that just cements him as one of the most malleable superstars of all time who could adapt and still dominate in also, every setting he's been in. Also, uh, you want to talk about like the the Suns got to the finals, cool against the Bucks, and they went up 2-0 and then they they blew it. Uh KD was literally one foot away from beating that Bucks team basically by himself with a James Harden that had like one leg 
in that series and did everything he possibly could to beat the Bucks and took them to seven games by himself. So it's not the same, in my opinion. I, I think KD comes to this team. I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, well, you just joined. No, this team got as far as they could, and they didn't get it done. They needed an extra piece. This team joined, and this guy joins them, and he's a generational talent. Like, he's a freak of nature. He's one of the best players in NBA history. He's going to go down as a top 10 player of all time. Like, guys like that don't take a backseat to anybody. I just think it's a fascinating subtext, and especially because he's doing it in the city that Barkley couldn't get it done in now, right? <laughs> so if he does it, uh, and Chuck still is is standing on that, it, it's just fascinating to me, and I can't wait to hear how this all plays out. We've got a super chat that I want to get to here before we get too far down the road. Libertarian Sasquatch, which is my favorite name in our chat. I'm sorry. The rest of you <laughs> need to work on it. But uh, what no, new guy do you think will pass the Monty marriage test and get married uh get too, too many, many minutes. minutes uh you want to take that one well i mean other than kd i would probably say tj warren that would be my guess i think of, i think I, it's terrence ross i think he's gonna fall in love with Terrence. i think it's gonna be basely oh i don't i don't think basely's gonna see much action to be honest with you oh you never know <laughs> those guys he's gonna be like our uh 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 what's his name the one that came back in Abdel Nader? Uh, yes, Abdel Nader. Abdel Nader. yep <laughs> Actually, if Ish gets on the main roster, I think Ish could remain a an irrational Monty favorite to to get minutes when maybe he shouldn't. It's not irrational. It is <laughs> it's very irrational. It's very irrational. <laughs> He's a two way guy for a reason. Okay. <laughs> you don't. Why is it not irrational? I'll give you the stage here for a second to explain to me why it's not irrational. Because he's been balling his ass off, and they need multi positional defense on the wing, especially in this era, in this time period right now, where Mikhail and Cam are both out, and like KD hasn't, he's not going to play until after the All Star break. So, well, I agree. I agree there, but mm. once KD comes back. Minutes well, change. Yeah, once KD things. comes back, but I don't think he's gotten irrational minutes. I think he's gotten minutes because no, 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 no. they've been shorthanded all season. Oh, no, I'm saying if they keep him, make him the 15th no, roster guy, he'll get some irrational minutes. I know, but you Not, guys are acting like he's been getting irrational minutes. No, no, no. I, didn't say I mean, that. there's no. There's no, then why why is he the irrational candidate I'm if he hasn't he would already? Would be because they'll get these guys back and he'll still play significant minutes for Monty. At times, potentially. We've seen him disappear from the rotation a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen. At I don't know time. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you do like, though? Four Peaks. doesn't matter if you know what you're saying or not. You'll love a good Four Peaks beer, and that's because they are the best to do it here in the Valley. Much like Kevin Durant, they are the ultimate. Uh, they, they take no backseat to anybody in this state. And one of my favorite beers they have is the Suns Brew. You can see it here on set. The most beautiful beer can ever to be made. <laughs> I will say that. And they have a beautiful shirt to match the can if you're looking for that. You can pick that up at their 4th Street uh, pub, uh, but or 8th Street pub. I'm, I'm cutting their street in half. Their 8th <laughs> Street pub, you can pick it up there. Uh, and you can go out there and try any of their Wow Wheat. Uh, the Wow Wheat Joy Bus is fantastic. The Hazy IPA. They've got the beers that you're going to want, and we're actually going to be out there last Wednesday of this month. You can join mm-hmm. us out there at Four Peaks. We'll be out there all day doing our shows live. And, you know, what's better than drinking beer? Pairing it with a delicious Girl Scout cookie. You can check out Four Peaks Cookie Pairing at their 8th Street Pub location in Tempe on February 16th, which I love this idea. 
Girl Scout cookies and beer. I, it is. It sounds like the perfect weekend to me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I, when I first heard this, I was like, "Say what now?" Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, hey, cookies and beer. If you haven't tried it, it's don't sleep on it. I mean, that's all. Cookies I'm say. and anything, but cookies and beer. You can not only have a Girl yeah. Scout cookie, you can get drunk while having it. It sounds like a fun idea, but you got to be 21 and over uh, to enjoy and you must enjoy it responsibly. The beer, not the cookies. Do whatever you want with the cookies. Mm-hmm. Emma, did you have something you wanted to add to our, uh, <laughs> you our know, cookie read? You know, I just wanted to say, fuck the milk. Get a beer with your cookies. <laughs> All right, then. There you go. Good thing, good thing we don't have a milk sponsor next. That would have been bad. But we do have DraftKings, who is everybody's favorite here did you guys put any uh, money down on the super bowl did you saw did i jesus yeah did you win any i did but i lost much more than i won so i, I had it is tough i had a big parlay tough. chiefs money line travis kelsey having more than 75 yards mm-hmm. and mahomes having more than 275 i fell short yeah. on the mahomes but i had some uh some big money on the line there that did not hit, but I love it. And there's plenty more. Just because the big game is over doesn't mean that the fun on the DraftKings Sportsbook app is over. You've still got NBA no sweat same game parlays, which I have partaken in. They are fun. It's a great way if you haven't tried a same game parlay to kind of dip your toe in and know, hey, it's all right. It's it's uh, it's safe to to, mm-hmm. to try this one. Uh, and you know, I I've just loved that you get a bonus bet back if it, if you don't yeah. hit on it. That's it, it's great. I've actually parlayed those a few parlays and uh, and finally hit made some scratch off that. I love doing it. Download the app now. Sign up with the code PHNX. New customers can bet five dollars on the NBA and get two hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook and official betting. Sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, use code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility. Again, a <laughs> that <damn> word. word. <laughs> eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you are looking for a way to spend some of your winnings from the DraftKings Sportsbook app, more furniture. We sit in these seats mm-hmm. every show. We watch every game in the more furniture stadium seating that we have, and it is spectacular. I highly recommend it. If you're looking for any furniture for your home, go to morefurniture.com and get that white glove delivery as well. We received it at our office. They took care of everything, took all the garbage away that comes with uh, with furniture when you buy it new. It was a fantastic experience. They also put your furniture together because some of it comes in different pieces. So like our dining, our kitchen table, I should say. Um, they put that all together. All There's like 80 different pieces to it, and they'll put it all together in about a matter of seconds as opposed to you trying to do it all damn day. Yes, so. and and we did put together furniture in here that wasn't more furniture, and it was a pain in the ass. So take advantage of that white glove delivery. Save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Gerald, you uh, were out at the 5G Performance Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, today and you got to see something that we've all been waiting to see you saw (laughs) kevin durant in purple Mm -hmm. and orange for the first time i did and i was kind of surprised because i thought you know with him not playing that he would be in brooklyn getting his stuff together but we've got kevin durant taking pull-up jumpers with tj buckets off the dribble 
Um, you know, he was time. he was getting in work with Jared cool. Jack as well. Um, we saw him drive baseline a couple times and dunk, and he looks good for a guy that's dealing with uh, an MCL sprain right now. And it was just kind of surreal in that moment to walk in immediately and see Kevin freaking Durant on the other baseline uh, just getting his work in. Um, it was cool to see TJ Warren alongside him too. Obviously the two Nets teammates that are coming here, but, uh, he looks good and I would be shocked if he's not back in that first game after the all-star break. I think it's the 24th against the thunder here at home. Um, we'll, we'll wait to get official word on that, but he looks good and he looks good in purple and orange. It's amazing how, uh, you, when you get traded all of a sudden you're <laughs> start to feel better, <laughs> things start to heal up a little quicker. <laughs> You know, hey, it's uh, it's the joy of moving away from a toxic situation. <laughs> I love that they're like, oh, he's in he, no contact. Jared Jack was giving him some contact out there. It I was. Mean, yeah, I it mean, was. it wasn't it wasn't your typical guy defending <laughs> him. It was a guy a few years removed from the NBA. Yeah, but he was taking a little pride and and giving him some defense. I love the dunk too. Like like you said, for a guy on an MCL sprain out with that. You wouldn't think that he was going to go up there and dunk. He did it. I think he knew that he had uh, had some cameras <laughs> focused on him is what I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible. Um, we did get confirmation. Obviously, he is out through the All-Star break. But, um, yeah, this is exciting stuff. I'm interested to see what, TJ, what version of TJ Warren we're going to get. Because when he left the Suns and he went to Indiana, he balled out for a while there in Indiana. Then he got hurt again and which which has been his mo yeah um this year for the nets he hasn't been bad um but i want to see you know because the 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 tj that that we had um was very much almost like kelly Oubre, where you know once they got the ball like hey we ain't we ain't looking to pass baby we're looking to score Mm -hmm. like that was his that was his shtick and so i wonder what version we're going to get here and and if he can adapt himself to obviously a completely different team than what, when he first left. But that's why I want him on the bench because you can deal with TJ Warren trying to be that guy on the bench for the Suns. Mm. You can't deal with TJ Warren trying to be that guy in the starting lineup. There's no there's no spot for that. On the what bench if- though, you need scoring and you need a guy that can uh, can take the lead with that bench group. I like that spot for TJ Warren. But what if he's on a heater? I I will I will wait until he does that to then let him play. But like, look, when you play with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, you know I don't care what kind of heater you are on. You can sit because those two guys are otherworldly. But I think you could see him rotate, like I was talking about with Ross earlier, and being with that group from time to time. But I still think the best spot for him is on the bench. We'll talk about what T.J. Warren had to say to the media today, but you guys didn't get to talk with Kevin Durant today, right? That's not no. happening till Thursday. No, right? we'll get. he'll have a press conference on Thursday, uh, probably between shoot-around and uh, game pregame availability later in the evening because they do have that 8 p.m. game against the Clippers that night. Um, so it'll, it'll be a fun and busy day, but that should be when KD speaks to us for the first time. And I think that makes a lot of sense. They've got the game on TNT Thursday night, all the eyes nationally are going to be on them mm-hmm. uh, in that game. So I, I think it makes sense to wait to have Kevin Durant talk then uh, and, and get that national attention. They'll probably talk to him while he's on TNT as well during one of those breaks, probably. hopefully. And so I'm excited, man. Like, I, I can't recall. I mean, I, I, there was excitement when, when the Suns got Chris Paul. 
Um, but not like this. Not like that. I mean, this was mm-hmm. this is one of those honestly, this is one of those transformational type of type of moves that you just don't believe is gonna happen. And then when it does, you're like, I I can't even believe it. And I can't even really put I think maybe Randy Johnson coming to the Diamondbacks is as close as I can think of something like this. But even then, you just didn't know what was going to happen when Randy got here. With with KD, again, top 10 of all time. Like, this is going to be something fucking fun to watch, man. I can't wait. You know, I, I know the guy has had issues since then, but Kurt Schilling, I think midseason, or not midseason, but getting him when they got him and, and helping them get over the hump is, is kind of like that. But I really don't think we've felt anything to this extent since Barkley. No, this is a seismic trade. This is the biggest trade in Arizona sports history. Um, and it's the biggest trade deadline trade in NBA history. There's never been a superstar in their prime still, a top five player that's been moved midseason since like Wilt Chamberlain back in 1965. Like this is unprecedented and it happened here of all places. It's it's wild. Um, it's unfortunate we'll have to wait a little bit longer to see him in action, but uh, we do have at least some new guys that uh, warrant a little bit of excitement. Yeah. Also, can, can we talk about like, you know, listen, we, we've, we've, we've long had the best, the two best mid range shooters in the game anyway, right. Mm-hmm. With, with Chris Paul or two of the best. Yeah. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Now you add another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need a name and we need a shirt. It's the mid range mafia is what's, no, I don't, what's I don't sticking know. right now. No, we're, we're, they, they can have that. We're going to make our own shit. I think this is the NBA solar power era. Now, I think we're I, I like mid-range mafia. It's better than MIDI committee. I freaking hated MIDI. Committee. Why? Because, no, it's lame. <laughs> what te- who's afraid of? Hey, the MIDI committee's here. Nobody's afraid of that. Who said you have to be afraid? Why, why do you don't you want to wait, wait, a solar panel or a solar a solar, solar power? I don't I think it's more <laughs> is better than the MIDI committee. That comes with I, some toughness. Solar. We'll have to brainstorm because somehow MIDI has to, or mid range has to be MIDI in there city? somewhere. MIDI city. Ain't MIDI, bad, city but MIDI city. I still, like, I think MIDI sounds like such a, uh, a weak word. I don't know. Like, that's because you're associating it with mid. Well, no, I just think MIDI just sound weak. I don't, I don't know. Like mid range mafia has a little bit of an that's edge. That's slang to for it. the mid range. Definitely does. Mid range mafia. At least we don't have the. Mid-range I'm just telling you what the interwebs are saying. Wasn't that a wasn't that a Shaq? <laughs> what uh, mid range mafia was a Shaq comment from TNT the other night, I believe. I can't. I don't know its origins. We'd have to look <laughs> into that. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> like you said, they've got Chris Paul, Devin Booker. They just added Kevin Durant. DA is no slouch there. And TJ Warren is a mid-range master as well. The dude has not shot the ball well from three this year in his first games back since missing two years of action, but he's still shooting 51% overall because he can hit those mid-range jumpers. Can we go back to monsters of the mid-range? Go back? Yeah, I, I used that last year. I think that's Did better you? than yeah, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. Committee. Okay. I even had a shirt idea for it. And oh, really? Got shot down. Well, now, now <laughs> there's a reason. We got we got KD. You got a, Ooh, the best mid range team in the history of the world. Oh, and yeah. we still got a shot Three down. Three of the top five from last year in mid range shooting are now on this roster. Uh, you know, with Katie Book and and CP3. So. <laughs> oh, Pazuzu <God>. McGee won. <laughs> there it is. Show <laughs> us your middies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my yes. God. Oh my God. Yes. 
Uh, Sean, a t-shirt that says, <laughs> no, no, show us show your middies. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. Oh, my God. At least uh, that was said. Well, uh, <laughs> well, Lindsay wasn't here. Yes. Uh, look, uh, we'll, we'll keep workshopping that. There mm-hmm. definitely needs to be a nickname. But you guys did get a chance to talk with Darius Baisley and TJ Warren today. What do the two new guys have to say? Yeah, I mean, Baisley obviously has played with Chris Paul before for that one season where CP3 was on the Thunder and and Baisley had just entered the league. He was a rookie back then, um, and he was talking a little bit about how valuable it was to have him on the court, off the court, that guidance that he gave. And he was obviously excited to come back here and plug back in with CP3. Um, You know, asked about kind of what his role, what role he envisioned for himself and, and what he could bring to the table. And the first thing he mentioned is what we had talked about last week was you know, what Lindsay says. Lindsay says I support it. Sweet. Let's she's go. On, she's on cold medicine though. So when she's not drunk off her ass on cold <laughs> medicine. Um, but yeah, we were talking to him about his role. And the first thing he brought up was defense. Obviously he's a guy that plays the four spot, but he can kind of switch on the perimeter and handle himself. Uses athleticism to block shots, get steals, um, and we talked to Monty about it as well, what he's seen from Baisley. And he was saying he's a young guy who hasn't been able to find his niche with the Thunder. Um, and he was saying, like, it's our job to kind of take his raw tools and the skills that he has, the defensive skill set, and find ways to implement him into what we do. So it did sound like it's going to be a little bit more of a process. And, and when I wrote about him last week, just watching his game a little bit, it does seem like he's a guy that, can help you in spots, but I'd be very surprised if he carves out like a significant playoff role. So what I think this guy will show flashes and he seems like the kind of guy that Suns fans are going to gravitate towards uh, because we tend to gravitate towards these guys that probably shouldn't get significant minutes at times. Uh, we've always loved that kind of guy. I feel like Baisley's going to fall in uh, into that where people are going to see these flashes, really like him, and want Monty to play him at times, but he probably won't, as you're saying. We, we tend to love the guys that can't hurt us is basically <laughs> what this comes down to, right? <laughs> like, they're good, but if we lost them, it'll be okay. Um, unlike, like, the, the superstars, like, we lost Book people would be in shambles you know so uh it's it's a little it's a weird dichotomy here with this fan base so um i I, listen i I don't know what to expect from Baisley. it's it's gonna be interesting to see him out on there on the court i don't really know if we really know what to expect from this team right now like we're gonna have to see them out there and who knows you know he could come out and and just find a good niche with this team and be something that you just a, a nice, pleasant surprise, or he could be somebody that just rides the bench the rest of the year. You just don't know. Yeah, the the thing that worries me with him is that he on the defensive end he plays like a big, and he could really help as far as um, you know his shot blocking as a four, which we know Da is not a monster shot blocker, or even as a small ball five in a pinch if they need a guy like that. But on the offensive end, he plays more like a wing, and he doesn't. He has a good handle for a guy that's six foot nine, but not good enough to do some of the things that he tries to do off the dribble. Um, he's not like a very effective pick and roll big. I think he'll be more effective here when you're playing with friggin' Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and KD. <laughs> That'll makes, definitely help you in the pick better. and roll. Um, 
but I, I still think the jury's out as far as what kind of role he's going to have offensively because he is a guy that plays more like a slasher on offense despite mm-hmm. the fact that he's yeah. probably more suited for a four or a small ball five kind of role. I feel like this may have been James Jones. We talked about having to use those expiring contracts to bring in guys that you could keep around for a little while. I feel like this may have been that kind of move where you get Baisley in, you can bring him back next year at probably a reasonable price, can continue to grow him. Mm-hmm. And that may have been, this may have been more of a, a move with an eye towards the future than right now, unlike everything else that was done. It could be. And I know a lot of people look towards the luxury tax savings as far as going from Dario's contract to his. It did save them significant money in the tax doing that move. But like you said, he's only 22. He's a restricted free agent this summer, so they will be able to match. I don't think offers are going to come pouring in for him anyway. So this could be a situation where you keep a young guy that can help you a little bit, that you can mold maybe moving forward for a cost-effective price. You also talked with TJ Warren. Yeah. Uh, what did TJ have to say? <laughs> but did he, though? It, sound, so. <laughs> it sounded like he talked more than he ever had <laughs> before. TJ Warren set a record, I swear to God. He talked for seven minutes and 45 seconds, and that's got to be the most he's ever spoken to media. Let's I go. think, what was he here, four years? And I think that yeah. was a in totality <laughs> yeah. what he talked well, to the media last time. He was it was, I, I honestly wonder if going elsewhere in his career and being away from basketball for two years and maybe wondering if he, if his career was ever going to get back on track, changed him a little bit. Cause he was in a great mood today. He was more talkative than I think I've ever seen him. Maybe that's just part of growing up and yeah. maturity or whatever. But um, he was excited to be back. He kept talking about like when the trade went through his 1am his time. And he was like, he said he was thinking, wow, like I get to go back home to where I spent the most time in my NBA career. I get to be with Book and KD and Chris Paul and Monty and everybody on the Suns. Like he he was visibly excited, which is not something we've seen from TJ very often. So yeah, that's kind of cool. No, TJ getting excited. You, that's like <laughs> that's where like hell freezing over. Man. It just doesn't happen. Uh, I, I Again, sometimes situations um, adjust your attitude. You know, and and I think with with his case, this is probably as close as he's ever going to get to a championship, too. Like, I I think a lot of these guys feel that like it's great to have all the pieces now. And I think they feel like they have all the tools necessary to win a championship. And now you got to put it together because there's a lot of dudes on this squad that have never won a ring. Um, And actually, there's what just one person on that team that has won a ring. Um, And everybody else is thirsty and they're looking to KD to kind of help guide them to to the ultimate uh top of the mountain so tj warren's got a, a lot of things that i'm sure he would like to uh, amend for uh during his son's career i hope uh because you know he could have been part of this transformational uh part of of son's history uh but it just wasn't a good fit and they had to get rid of him and now they're bringing him back when it, it suits them best and i think it's going to suit him best so i hope i hope he balls like that yeah and uh, he had a pretty decent relationship with Devin Booker. In fact, he said mm-hmm. uh, when the Nets were here last time that he was over at Devin Booker's house yeah. talking about the old times. I can't imagine there were a lot of great conversations about the old times. It's like we had fun. The team sucked. I, yeah. I already know he was lying. He was talking about going over there and talking about anything is just a lie. He probably just sat there quietly while <laughs> Book talked. I listen, man. I I did these things called for the love, right? And it was like these little 
little one minute like documentaries on why these guys love ball so much. And I and I interviewed every member of the Suns team that year in 2018. And TJ Warren said so little that I couldn't even I couldn't even put something together for <laughs> Maybe him. Maybe he doesn't didn't love ball at that time because he'd maybe with, he didn't. He'd been with the shitty Suns for so maybe, long. Maybe maybe he didn't. He I was like know. I was like I asked him one question. I said, "What was the the first time like you did something and you knew, oh yeah, I could I can play in the league?" He was like, oh, yeah, I scored like 30 points against Duke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Maybe yeah, it was just the interviewer, not the interview. Cut. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he does seem more talkative now for what it's worth. It could be the excitement of the day and the whirlwind of the whole weekend. But um, he, he did seem genuinely happy to be back here. Uh, he was talking about how it's night and day, the organization now, like the practice facility, the way <laughs> home games are even with the way that the fans turn out because obviously the team is much better than 17 wins, 19 wins. Um, but I, I think it's going to be good. And the one thing with him that I'm keeping an eye on is whether he can defend and whether he can knock down threes the way he had been before his injury. Cause in the bubble for sure. Yeah. His last year in the suns, even he, uh, shot 42.8% from three. And then the year after that in Indiana, 40% from three this year, it's only at 33%, but oddly he's missed a ton of corner threes, which are the easiest three pointers. And I think looking at the film, I wrote about this last week, he looks a little bit antsy because he knows those are the best three pointers to take. So I think more open on this Suns team, he's going to be able to knock some of those looks down, especially as he continues to shake the rust off because he only got 2,600 games under his belt since he's come back from a two-year absence. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how things play out with him. You bring up injuries. There were a few injury updates at practice today, correct? Yes, so obviously we covered that Kevin Durant is not going to be playing until after the All-Star break. That's the same with Landry Shamit and Campaign. We asked, I asked Monty, um, for updates on those two guys. And he said, Shamit's still probably a ways away from returning. With campaign, he's getting closer. They said he got a really good workout in today before practice, um, which kind of either implies to me that he's not a full participant in practice. Um, but he said he's been working on his conditioning. He won't be back until after the All-Star break, but it feels like he's going to, he'll probably be close, maybe that first game back or first couple of games back after the break. Well, that's encouraging. The Landry Shamit, obviously, a little frustrating, but uh, mm. he's a guy that I think will move further down the rotation now with everything that is, has happened with I, this team. I completely forgot he was on the roster. Oh, boy. It's like <laughs> it's been a while. Did. It's been a while. We haven't seen him for like over a month. Mm. Did you like, forget Devin was on the roster when he was gone for a month? No, of course no. not. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, listen, I. I feel pretty good about my 35 points, by the way. Yeah, you should. Yeah, that's, that, that's either going to be – it's not going to happen or it's a last game of the season type fluke that oh, happens. That's that the would only, be the Why would you scenario. fucking say that, Drew? I'm just pointing out the obvious. Could you imagine if we got last game of the season, Sham at 35 points, and then the Suns went on a championship run? That is my ultimate <laughs> dream Suns season. We will see what Gotta happens. Got to ride that momentum into the postseason. If, if you want to ride, ride some momentum, though, underdog fantasy, if you had a good time 
Super Bowl Sunday with uh, with the underdog fantasy. You can play their pick 'em game with NBA games still too. You can pick higher, lower. My favorite time of the year is coming up where you can pick pick pitchers pitch count higher and lower. Mm. Uh, I ran that with Derek Montilla to a thousand dollars. We each won a thousand bucks on one night doing uh, doing the pick 'em on that. You five you make five picks. You're gonna win up to twenty times your money as you do that. I love that, but I also love. The fact that on underdog fantasy, you don't have to commit to a full season in fantasy sports. There's nothing I hate more than fantasy baseball having to check your roster every day yeah. for five months. Yeah. There is It is a war of attrition mm-hmm. in fantasy baseball. But when you can play a daily fantasy where your roster can change on a daily basis or best ball where you just draft the guys and they take the best score – I love that about it, and you can love it, too. It's easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PHNX, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. And when you get some winnings on that, you can go straight over to game time and save up to 60% on tickets to see the Suns. Because let's be honest, tickets are going to be tough to come by, and they're going to get more expensive now that Kevin Durant is in town. But if you like to procrastinate, Game Time's got you covered. Use that link in our description, and you can go and find Suns tickets or tickets to any event in the Valley, concerts, anything else you like. You can go to Game Time, and you can get up to 60% off on those tickets, and uh, you can buy them last minute. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in that description at Game Time. And then, Saul, you know these guys well. Phoenix Open (laughs) wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you even do that, okay. well, I know you're going to get going? to this next part, but uh, you just mentioned tickets. Yes. And ticket prices are going to be crazy. But there's one place that you can go where it won't be crazy. And I know you're probably saving this. That's fine. I was going to save it. But I also know that if we had waited, we might be sold out by the time. I mean. Well, let's give the opportunity to do, the people. Do to, we want to, to? Yeah. Do we want? Because, because if okay. they are following us on yes. social. Yeah, they should already know. Listen, you can come join us and watch KD yourself. That's that simple. We're going to go hang out at Marley's, I think, before the game. Ooh, Drinks, food. Huh? Like, let's go hang out. You get a free shirt. Let's fucking go. And you get to hang out with uh, up to 20 of your closest son's friends, including us, at the game. It's going to be an amazing time. We're going to watch KD destroy Orlando uh, and Terrence Ross get Magic Revenge. And, and that's we're going to see need. Russ play some of those uh, those mop up minutes when the sun. We're going to watch 30. Russ cook. That's what we're here <laughs> to do. Let's fucking ride. <laughs> Sounds, this is like a personal attack. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, I didn't say Kyrie. I said Russ. Uh, yeah. If you want to come, if you're a diehard, we've already put the link to the diehard pricing in our Discord. So go check that out. If you're not, then go to our social. Click on the link and buy yourself a ninety nine dollar ticket. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think we got like six tickets left. That's it. Five. We're five. down to five. Look, down to five. If you wait any longer, you're not going. You're yeah. going to have to go to game time, and then you're going to have to go to Marley's and, and beg to sit with us. And, and you're right? not even going to – there's no way you could possibly find a deal like this out there. I guarantee you, you're not going to be able to find tickets for anything less than maybe 75, 80 bucks in the, in the nosebleeds. Um, so you might as well come kill with us. And, and you're, 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 and you're not getting food, food or drink. No. Come no, on. You want to be with us. Even Gerald will make an appearance, not guaranteed, uh, but uh, but we'll be there. So come have fun with us there. Use the link in uh, in the comments right now. And then 
Saul, as I was saying, the Phoenix Open came to an end this weekend. Everybody mm-hmm. forgot in, in, in a large part <laughs> because there was so much other crap going on yeah. in the Valley. But the biggest and, and most fun golf event and your friends at Bad Birdie were, yeah. were well represented out there. Yeah, Bad Birdie. Awesome. I didn't know I was doing the sad read. I appreciate it. Listen, yeah, it was it was pretty dope. Uh, everybody wearing were their Bad Birdie merch. I saw a lot of it out, out, out there at the Open, actually. Um, it was pretty dope. Uh, they have six new polos that they just dropped, many different colors. Uh, I think three new quarter zips. That's true. Uh, phenomenal stuff. Two new hats. Uh, two new hats. That's I right. I still haven't gotten one. Uh, either have I. Welcome right. to the club. Um, <laughs> but it's it's phenomenal stuff. It's one of the best uh, golf outfits you can buy. Go get your stuff at badbirdiegolf.com. And you can use the promo code to save yourself up to 15%. What's that promo code? PHNX underscore sports 15 to save 15% off. That's how you teamwork an ad right there. <laughs> Thank you, Saw. Uh, we will... We'll end this show on a less celebratory note because we got to talk about and spy on some of her exes as our friends at the Diamondbacks <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, show do. Uh, Dario had a goodbye post on Instagram today. Gerald, uh, it's a he has a private account, so I didn't see this until you uh, shared it with me. Yeah, so. his, his Insta is private. Um, but he said, Phoenix, thank you for amazing three years. I want to thank the Suns organization for giving me a chance to be part of this team and the fans for all the support during my time here. It's been a fun ride for my first season playing in the bubble and in the finals after all. A lot of great memories from the Valley that will always remind me of a great period of my life that I spent here. Special journey on and off the court for me and my family. Thank you for everything once again. All love. Happy to start a new journey with OKC Thunder family. Um, like I, I know that Dario was only here for you know a handful of years and that he was injured for a good chunk of that. Um, but he was genuinely one of the son's favorite people in the locker room. He had a lot of fans here in the Valley and, um, you know, he genuinely gave his all to get back on the court for this team. And I'm going to miss him being around in the locker room. And and just the fact that he's posting things like this, along with what Cam and Mikhail posted, we've come a very long way from, I don't want to be here to these long, novel Instagram goodbyes. Like that's pretty cool to me. Yeah. Dario was always a class act. Um, and the same thing with Mikhail and Cam, they they were probably the three easiest people to talk to on that team, to be honest with you. Um, Dario was always courteous. Every time I ever had to talk to him, he was always like, whatever you need and very accommodating. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with the language barrier, sometimes with certain things that we were asking him to say for like promotions at Bally's, um, he, he just, he fought through it. He got through it and we would ask him to do take over take. And he was just such a fucking good dude. And, and the homie will be missed. Same thing with, with Mikhail and Cam. Um, if, if and after want, today, I'm going to turn the page and I will never talk about them again. If, <laughs> if, you, want, <laughs> if you want to get hit in the feels a little bit with uh, with Mikhail and Cam, uh, and not that your writing only did it a little bit. I just don't <laughs> I don't allow myself to feel things very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go over and read Gerald's article at gophnx.com that talks about Mikhail and Cam and their time here and saying goodbye to him. But we did get a comment from a guy that we were a little less uh, – Heartbroken about him leaving the Valley. Jay Crowder uh, talked to the media in Milwaukee today. Yeah, he did. And and this is what he had to say because he was asked about the whole debacle. 
Um, he said, I just feel like it's behind me now. We had some stuff happen internally that they asked me to keep inside. So I'm going to grant their wishes. Obviously, I've been working with these guys for a trade park partner for months now. I think give or take, they did exactly what they said they was going to do. Took longer than what we all expected, but it got done. I'm thankful for my time in Phoenix. I'm thankful for my teammates. I'm thankful for the organization embracing me the past two years. We had a great run and we did some great things in Phoenix and we turned their culture around. So I'm happy for those guys. I wish them luck moving forward. I'm moving on to my next chapter in my career here in Milwaukee. This this is them saying, uh, we paid you all that money to sit at home. So don't slander us when you get to <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've, I mean, mm. what he said, they, they pretty much did everything we want and wanted. They asked me to mm. keep it internal. That's what that leads me to believe. But look, Jay played a role in turning this around. Without him, there's no Valley Oop, which sucks that he'll always be connected to that mm -hmm. with, with the way it ended. But, you know, best of luck in Milwaukee, except if uh, the finals happen to be Suns Bucks and, uh, and turn the page. Yeah, um, I'm conflicted about Jay because I really, really, I, I did like Jay mm -hmm. before all this stuff went down and, um, I, I don't like the way he went about it. But at the end of the day, listen, like players are going to do what they think is in the best interest of themselves. Uh, I'm Rightfully not going to so. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I'm not going to hate him completely for that. I think it was fucked up the way he went about it. But hey, it is what it is. And yes, he contributed greatly to two solid years, two of the best years in Suns history, to be honest. And uh, he deserves to be recognized for that. And so, like, I know you might be like, ah, oh, I wish he wasn't a part of the Valley Oop. Um, but that was one of the greatest plays in, in the history of the Suns organization. And, uh, you know, not very many players will make that pass and make no. it that way. So, uh, listen, I, 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 think it, I think it's okay to give Jay his flowers while also saying good riddance. I do, too. And I don't, I don't begrudge him for, for doing what was best for him. What bothers me is that what spurred it was say, simply from what we've heard, and there, there may very well be more, but it was simply, you're not going to be starting, we're going to start Cam Johnson. And to me, that that's what breaks my back on this, is like, come on, you knew Cam Johnson was turning into that guy, and you couldn't have said, okay, I'm willing to accept that, because he would have started most of the season. Cam mm. was out most of the season. So mm. I think that's where my frustration with Jay Crowder lies. But good luck with uh, with your time in, in Milwaukee, like I said. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, because we have uh, blown past the 4 o'clock. Well, yeah, I mean, with Jay, like, I, I feel like I didn't get to say anything. I know. He, he I'm just sorry. cuts you I off. Apologize. I was like, God damn, all right. I forgot, I thought you, I forgot you just read Jay's yeah, comment. Yeah. That wasn't your words. No, Go ahead. What do you think about Jay? No, I, I think, like, I, I think you kind of said it as far as he could have thrown the whole situation under the bus. He could have been very transparent about what happened and where he placed the blame and what went wrong in his book. But um, I thought that was kind of a classy response for a guy that even I know how bad things ended, but like we were saying, like he was a huge part in helping turn the culture around. Like, and he was a fan favorite. A lot, some people didn't like him because of the inconsistency or whatever, but like, you're not going to tell me you didn't get a kick out of him salsa dancing and then sprinting oh, off the court when he got ejected against the Lakers. You're not going to tell me that him telling fans in Phoenix, like, we're going to salsa dance when we win the championship didn't spawn a whole bunch of memes or like him picking up McHale and making the face like 
the or the face he made at LeBron from behind his back where he was like yeah. like those were all classic moments of a Suns playoff run that was arguably the most fun to watch in franchise history so uh it just sucks that it was kind of tarnished by how the whole thing unfolded but like you said wish him the best of luck unless it's Suns Bucks in the finals yeah i, I mean some people say F.J. Crowder. Apparently, I said F. Gerald Bourget by not winning the top. <laughs> My apologies. It's fine. <laughs> any any final non-J thoughts uh, before we get out of here? If you do need a good cry, like Espo said, that uh, the ode to Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges that I wrote, I had a great time writing it. I went through a lot of their best moments here in the Valley. Um, and I, I, you know, I think they deserved it because they are guys that are going to be easy to root for from afar. Um, and that would not surprise me if we see one or two of them back in a Suns jersey before their careers are over. I do not have the emotional capacity to cheer for another team or other <laughs> players on other teams. I appreciate what they contributed to our franchise. I really do. And I do think that they are tremendous, tremendous individuals. And should they ever make their way back to Phoenix, I, I think everybody and their mom would, would embrace them mm -hmm. um, and welcome them back. But for now, um, I'm only focused on Phoenix and that's all I care about. <laughs> Let's win a fucking championship and, uh, and celebrate like no other. That's what I'm hoping for. X, uh, in the chat has one final thought, super chat for $5. Uh, they say, I feel warm and fuzzy inside stealing T Ross away from Dallas. Suck it, Dallas. I agree. <laughs> Anytime you can stick it to the Mavs is a good time. So for Gerald Borgay, you can follow him at Gerald Borgay on Twitter. And for Saul Bookman, you can follow him at Saul underscore Bookman. Follow me at Espo. And remember, suck it, Dallas. Ahoy, ahoy. Hey, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PH and X though. Lindsey, Gerald, Espo. Saul passed the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always rep the family. Rally in the back.